Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spech. Hello. It's been a busy couple weeks here. It's been a busy month. <laughs> it's been crazy busy. It's uh, This week's been busy. We had some fun couple nights back. Have we had any breaks from... Well, actually, I didn't go to Canucopia, so yeah, that I had that break. weekend. You had a break. <laughs> I had a break. I'm done. I, <laughs> I'm good for that. Oh, yeah, I have to work every weekend for no one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. You know what? It's. I mean, it's, it's been really busy, but it's a lot of fun. There's the outdoor adventure show, and then there was uh, the Quiet Water Symposium. Yep. Then there was Canucopia, and then we had our film festival, correct? Which uh, hosted the pad- the paddling film festival back on Tuesday night, correct? Uh, we always do it the week. At the Tuesday after uh, St. Patty's Day. Yes, it seems a good fit. It's a natural break. People are not out doing stuff. They just had to celebrate St. Patty's Day. It's a it's a slump week. People don't really plan a lot of stuff. People it's a don't week have after cash. March break. Yeah, people are out of money yeah. from St. So Patty's kinda, Day. It's a good week to have it in. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we held that. It was really... Uh, well, this is our third year hosting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first year we had, I think, about 50-something people. Mm-hmm. Last year we were about 72, and this year we were 87. Yeah. So it's getting higher and higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a it was a packed house last night. It, it sure. was a full house. I was worried we, uh, we were going to fill the place up and fire code, yada, yada, yada. Might have to turn people away, but thankfully we didn't have to do that. Yeah, we were only a couple of tickets away from uh, having to start turning people away, yeah. so... That was pretty cool that we didn't have to. Uh, we had, who we had? We had uh, Man Camping gave us some door prizes. Yeah. Thanks to mancamping.ca. Mm-hmm. And Alan Drummond was there. Alan Drummond of things. Kingdom Outdoors. He uh, gave us some items to uh, give away as well. And then there was um, Unlostify. Correct. They gave us uh, four maps. Thank you, uh, Decky and, and Jeffrey. And Kevin Callan gave us a autographed copy of his new yes. book, and that was awesome. Him and uh, um, Andy both. Oh, would they both sign the book? They both signed the book. I, I was trying to read the signatures on it, but it was uh, we were busy. We were just giving it away. I was just checking the signature before we get gave it the, to the uh, winning winning ticket person, and uh, so I didn't have really chance to really examine it. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, saw, I saw his signature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got it uh, signed and that. So, uh, Kevin Callan, Once Around Algonquin, An Epic Canoe Journey. So, thank you for that. Uh, thanks to all our, our sponsors and uh, people that uh, gave us our prizes. That was absolutely awesome. Uh, big thanks to everybody that showed up and came out to uh, support the film festival and support us. Uh, few, we got a lot of friends that came out, too, last night. Yes, there's was quite a cool. few, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, people, uh, well, Marcus, uh, Mark in the Park came out and yeah. the camping family came out and... Wild canoes came out, and um, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, it was a, well, like say, man camping was yeah. there, and, and we had some of the some of the regular crowds. We had uh, there's a, a group down from Peterborough, mm-hmm. and uh, there's there's a few faces that I recognize. There's a a good portion that I didn't recognize, but yeah, I'm good with faces, so I, I, I there's some that I didn't recognize. Yeah, there was a number of people there from the Durham region kayakers group. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like in this area. Mm-hmm. There was uh, guys from oh, I can't remember. There was four four gentlemen from the I think it was like the Durham Canoers group or something. They're out of Oshawa. Yes, but there was four gentlemen there, and yeah. So it's it was. Oh, whose phone was that? Yeah, that's that's me. Was that you? 
I have it unmuted because I will use the, my laptop for playing the videos last night. Oh, you're cut off, dude. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so we were really impressed with uh, who came out. And now the one big thing was uh, Michael and Haley. Yes. Uh, we let them present their film while we let them. We were more than happy. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> they came and presented. It was uh, one last thing for us. It to was do. it was an honor to have them there yeah. to present. It's nice to have somebody present their own film, their own movie. Yeah. And uh, they did a lot of work on it. They presented it. They did a little bit of talk to the crowd, and it was really nice to have them present to yeah. to talk about their film it gave some it it grounded it more it, it, for people to actually see the face and the names of the people who who made the uh, the film it was it was really nice I'm, I'm really happy that they were able to make and that it was it's a long drive for them yeah it's about an hour yeah yeah so, from the other side of the city yeah right across yeah. The top of the city so yeah so that was cool to to uh, i let them know that we were going to play that it was one of the ones we had chosen out of all the yeah. films and yeah. uh said why don't you guys come on down and you can Mm-hmm. talk about it so they said on our way and that, that was that was pretty cool so all in all a really good night uh we had that at drums and flats in ajax nice uh nice location mm-hmm. the big massive tvs big screen tvs <laughs> and the staff was was phenomenal they they seem yeah. to keep up with everything well they're so excited to have us there it's like a tuesday night this week is usually a very quiet night for them. So yeah. for them to have like almost 90 extra people, you know, having dinner and watching movies, it brings a lot of business to them. So yeah. it, it, it's, uh, it helps them out too. Right. So Let's support your was, local, yeah. your local guys. Exactly. Which is cool. So, so yeah. So, uh, I, I hereby declare the paddling film festival hosted by paddling adventures, radio podcast, a uh, 2019, a resounding success. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> So we'll see everybody, same place, same time. Same bat time, same bat bat (laughs) Next year. The other big thing we're going to talk about, and this is going to take most of this podcast, is Canucopia. Mm -hmm. Dude, you missed out. (laughs) I don't think there was room for me in the vehicle. We had a good set of roof racks. I don't know what your problem was. (laughs) We just dressed up as a moose and strapped you to the hood. Yeah, just put uh, a bag over my head to help me from the wind shear. There you go, buddy. (laughs) Keep the bugs out of your face. (laughs) It would have been good. Um, It was a sort of last minute um, put together. Well, you decided like five days ahead to do it, right? Something like that. Uh, Five days or... A week, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just sitting here thinking, had a couple extra bucks in my pocket, and I thought, how much does a plane ticket cost <laughs> to fly to Madison? Did you check it out? How much was it? It was like about 700 bucks or something like that. Oh. Yeah. I can, you, you can fly across to across Canada to Calgary cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe there's a, a fee for I crossing the border. imagine if you had, did you check prices from Buffalo to? No, 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 no. I just, I just... Uh, Matt told me that yeah. that's what he was yeah. pay, So, um, But uh, I, I'm thinking, well, if John Van Berger's going down again, because he's just like an hour and a half north, and he, yeah, had, a, he had a booth there, right? So I'm saying, well, if I fly there, maybe I can Uber it to the hotel and I can shack up with him for the couple of days, sleep on the floor or something like that, yeah. or if he's got a pull-out couch or wherever he's staying, right? And then spend my day wandering around and then hit a flight back, be home leave Friday night, get back home in time for work Monday morning. <laughs> and then I was wondering, because Alan of Kingdom Outdoor Products, he went down last year. So I dropped him a message and say, hey, are you going? And he goes, well, 
I'm on the fence about it. And I know uh, Matt Paddle In was thinking of going, and he's on the fence about it. And I said, well, what if the three of us got together and drove all night in one vehicle? And then we could get a hotel room and split costs that way because that would yeah. be cheaper for everybody. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there was a fourth guy. We got Dwayne from <laughs> uh, the camping family. Yeah. So there's four of us went down um, afternoon on the Friday. <laughs> yeah. We all met in Guelph uh, by various means and we all jumped into Alan's car. And 10 hours later, I think about 2 o'clock in the morning, we were pulling into... Uh, the hotel at Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> it was what, a fun drive. What time in the morning? About one, two o'clock in the morning. That's not bad. You guys got some sleep. No. Then. Yeah. So yeah, so we checked in, got a, a few hours of sleep, got up, got over downstairs. Had had the big breakfast because you think you know yeah they're gonna have bagels or something like that. That continental breakfast thing. Yeah. Oh no, man. They had uh, like these little mini um, omelets. They had cereal. They had toast, bagels. They had like. Bacon and sausage. They had orange juice, apple juice, milk, you name it. It was there. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a, a really good breakfast and then headed on over and spent the entire day at the show. And it was nice because I got recognized by almost a couple of dozen people. Yeah. At one point, there was a couple of people waiting to talk to me and uh, everybody else said, okay, you know what? You, we're leaving. <laughs> and uh, Dwayne, Matt, and Alan just took off yeah well i did the same thing at the <laughs> toronto outdoor show you get so chatty and it's like well i'll never get anything done if i just hang out with you all day you can't just say yeah hey thanks for listening and bugger well, off no but <laughs> you know <laughs> you gotta talk <laughs> you're quite the chatty kathy no well, you know gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> um so no you know I had, I had a good chat with a lot of people there and uh made my way around and saw a lot of things and talked to a lot of people uh saw joe robinette there chatted with him and who else did I see? I saw a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Mike from Badger Paddles was there. Uh, Kevin Cal- we saw Kevin Callen. Yep. We saw Press Sincere, uh, portageur.ca. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a ton of people were, were there. Uh, we checked out all the wilderness systems, Dagger, Current Designs, Perception, Kayaks were all, all the big brands were there. Winona, uh, Eskif. Novacraft, Swift Canoes, they were all there. Um, there, was, there was a lot of gear and companies there that we don't see at the shows up here, mm-hmm. which was really cool to, to see all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, the, the first day, the Saturday, we just wandered nice and slow up and down all the aisles, checking stuff out, making yeah. little notes and stuff like that. Um, Harlan Schwartz was there with Red Lake Outfitters from up in Woodland Caribou. Oh, okay. And... Yeah, there's a few people. And then, like I say, John Van Berger, he had his booth out uh, in the front lobby there. For yeah, the I Outdoor saw Kind and the uh, Yukon Journey there. And, oh, the Girl Guide Cookies. Preston Sayre has um, this little, little video last year. Yeah. The Girl Guide Cookies. He he went overboard on Girl Guide Cookies. They have, they probably had like a dozen different types of cookies. They don't have that up here. That, I know. So I bought myself a box. And yeah, I can say, you're, you're oh man, they're so good. <laughs> so these ones are like caramel oh, yeah? something apple dip things or something like that. Yeah, some weird 
but they were so good. They do desserts and candy and cookies and treats. Yeah. Really, they do really well in the states. Like it's like if and you sausage want sausage gravy. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they do they do really do that well. If you all like your deep fried food, they do it right down there. So <laughs> let's just move on to that part, shall we? <laughs> so yeah, after after the first day, uh, we all went out for dinner, and I had deep fried chicken with waffles. Oh, it sounds like a weird combination. It was so good. What did you put on the waffles? Sausage gravy. <laughs> Sausage gravy. Yes, it's, it's that like that gravy. So it was yeah. like a waffle with a couple of pieces of deep fried coated battered chicken. Yeah. Another waffle, and then that gravy over top of everything. Wow. Oh, man, it was so, so good. (laughs) And then I also had these Asian, deep-fried Asian pork belly bites with chili, sweet chili sauce and wasabi something or other. (laughs) Oh, man, that just burned all night Oh, that's what you told me about, yeah. Yeah, that thing gave me acid reflux all night. Oh. And the next day, I was even feeling it just... And I had no problem. And then all of a sudden I ate those. Yeah. Because it, it was my appetizer, right? And that's the one thing I, that I noticed in the U.S. is their portions. Are huge. Are massive. So I figure, oh, I'll get a couple of these little thingy appetizers to tide me over. Because when I get going at one of these shows, I don't eat all day. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I had breakfast and then that's all I had. And then, so we're like eight o'clock at night. I'm starving. Yeah. Um, so I said, oh, I'll get this little appetizer. It'll tide me over to my big chicken waffle scum, right? These things were bigger than golf balls each. <laughs> There's six of them on a plate. And, oh, but they were so good. But you still ate your main meal. Right. Yeah. Well, and everybody's, well, how'd you get your meal so fast? Uh, my this ain't my meal. This is, this is my appetizer. And, uh, yeah, so I ate that. And then I ate my meal as well and had a couple of beers and whatnot. So <laughs> it was awesome because I wasn't driving all weekend. Yeah. Which is very, very very rare. Oh, Alan was driving the whole time. Alan drove yeah. the whole time, yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much, Alan. <laughs> um, then we went, yeah, we went out, uh, we met up with Jim Baird. Uh, we met up with the guys from Werner Paddles. We met up with uh, Zach from Cocapelli, who I chatted with for a little while in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> I was turning towards the hand dryer, or towards the sinks, and he was turning towards the hand dryer, and I'm... And we just had a little chit chat about stuff. Yeah. We continued our conversation and then uh, went and chatted with him the next day at, at the Coca Pelli booth. Like as I well, said, you're so. a chatty Kathy. Hey, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm a schmoozing. I'm a schmoozer. Uh, then we end, we end up at we went to, we went to another bar, and Joe Robinette was there. Harlan Schwartz was there. Somebody else was there. But yeah, you know, it was a it was a good it was a good night to get together and yeah. chat with everybody about different things That's and the awesome. outdoors and stuff like that. So it was really cool to to get together and chat with all these people that you see, like yeah, exactly. very yeah. rare or never, yeah. right? So uh, then the next day, yeah, we, so we got to bed, got up, had breakfast, another nice breakfast, and we hit the the show again. And I took my uh, recorder around and did did uh, a few episode uh, interviews. One, two, three, four, five. I got five interviews. Uh, there and Coco Pelli Packrafts was the first one. So I was talking to Zach okay. there, uh, chatting about, because, uh, you know, we, I, we talked about the, the Packrafts before and the yes. Coco Pelli Rogue was the one that sort mm-hmm. of was the, out of all of them, that would be the one we'd go for. I uh, went over and talked with uh, Harlan at Red Lake Outfitters, uh, talked to Patrick at Falcon Sales. Uh, those are, they actually look like a sailboat sail. 
but it mounts to the front of your kayak or your canoe. Canoe, yeah. Right, which is really cool. Uh, I talked to Bending Branches, Andrew. Uh, Bending Branches up here, uh, Sail has the Aquabound paddles. Oh, they bought Aquabound. Yes, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, so I chatted with him. And then John Van Berger, I uh, was chatting with him. And he he let me know, uh, you'll hear it in the, the interview I do with him here later, uh, all the money that they raised on the Yukon journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lets us know where it all went. Oh, okay. They donated yeah. it to, that sort of thing. So so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so you know what? It, yeah, and then when I was done that, everybody's like, okay, we, we got to go. And we hit uh, we hit a Walmart quickly. Yeah. And we hit a... Well, they hit a liquor store while I was doing my last But you're two days at the show, right? Yeah. 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 I could have gone three or four days, <laughs> you know. And, uh, oh, I met Darren Bush. Uh, he's the guy that does the whole. Oh, he runs whole, it. He runs the yeah. whole thing. So I uh, had a quick little chit chat with him. And then, yeah, then we hit the road and filled up with gas. And 12 hours later, <laughs> 4.30 in the morning, I was back home. And unloaded my truck and everything, and then yeah, my alarm went off. <laughs> my alarm goes up at five in yeah. the morning, right? So I had a half hour to till my alarm went off, and did the old shower and shampoo and get ready to make yeah. my lunch, and off to work I went. <laughs> and yeah, Monday was a really good day. But you know what? Once I got to work, I had my second wind, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that rolls in eight o'clock that night. So that'd be what? 80, we were up at like eight in the morning. 24, till 36, till, till, so 36 till hours. Yeah. And then, yeah, 36 hours, I said, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to go to bed. And then like two hours later, it's actually making it towards bed because I'm just doing <laughs> stuff. So 36, 37, 38, 38 hours. Wow. Yeah. And then up, up again at five Tuesday morning. And now, <laughs> right now, yeah, I know I'm feeling it. Yeah. It's been busy <laughs> getting ready for, later, getting ready later, for the yeah. film fest and presenting yeah. and and just taking all your spare time to watch all the videos so you know what's the what to present yeah. and how to present it. And it, it's time-consuming. Well, you know what? And if you don't mind that long drive there and back. What, to? To, to Canucopia? It's not that expensive. Yes, because exactly. Because the yeah. four of us, the, the four of us basically each paid for one night hotel. Because yeah. we've got two rooms, right? Yeah. Two of us in each room. We each paid for one night hotel and one tank of gas. Mm-hmm. That's realistically the cost. That's and then, you know, if we went out for dinner, whatever you spent on dinner and whatever you spot, spent yeah. at Walmart to bring home and whatever you spent on so any we, other yeah, things. Yeah, so really the only, yeah, it's, it's not, it wasn't a huge expense. It's, it's not like you flew down. Yeah. You, yeah. No, if you don't mind that drive. So who, did anybody help uh, Alan drive or did he drive the whole time? He drove the whole time, but I was up both. Keeping I, him I, awake, yeah, chatting I was with him. Yeah, chatting with yeah. him. Even, even, well, just to go on to your point. Uh, Matt was like, oh my God, he didn't stop for 10 hours. <laughs> he was going for 10 hours. <laughs> How does he talk so much? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt was a bit, uh, but you know what? Like we were joking the entire time down yeah. there. Um, and yeah. And Alan was, he was good to drive. He yeah. wasn't dozing, nothing because he's laughing and yeah. chit chat and just keeps your mind going. So, you know, and usually that's me doing the driving, mm-hmm. you know? And so... I'm not used to sitting in the passenger seat going, okay, know it. Yeah. You're, just, you're the type A personality that likes to be in control. Well, I just like to drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, even my grandfather, he was the same way. Yeah. He just gets in the vehicle and, <laughs> you know. I mean, I drove across Canada back last year and just could have kept on going. Yeah. I love it. Just absolutely love it. <laughs> so, so, dude, next year, 
you're definitely coming. Yeah, I'd like to go. Yeah. Well, I did talk to Darren, and uh, he was he was uh, saying, send me your info. We'll put you on the to contact list, and see about getting us a booth there, and we can record. Yeah. In the booth, like we did just at like uh, Quiet, Quiet Adventures. Uh... Yeah, Quiet, yeah, Quiet Adventures. They've just changed their name. I keep, I keep calling it Quiet Waters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we set up our booth there and maybe right in the lobby or something and just start going in, grabbing people and say, hey, yeah. let's yeah, do it. Yeah, that, and... uh, that was nice at the, uh, the well, we did it at the Quiet Water Symposium. Mm-hmm. Next year, it's the Quiet Adventures Symposium. But yeah, it was it was nice to have the people in right into the booth and, and do the little, our, our interviews and chit-chatting with people yeah. and finding out, yeah, it was, it was unique. It was fun. It was, it was educational. It was, it, I, it, I want to do that again. Yeah. I, I think we'll definitely. And the audio came out, I thought really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was surprised. I so. was worried because of the, well, we had a huge ventilation trunking above us in the, uh, one of the big, uh, arena stable buildings. Yeah. So it's, uh, usually there's a lot of livestock in there, so they have a lot of ventilation and I thought, oh, this is not going to be good. That, <laughs> it was like a 12 foot by six foot trunk with a giant fan in it and it was right above our heads. But the uh, the microphones just uh, only recorded. It picked up a little bit of background noise. Yeah, but, but it really, it, uh, really, it uh, what do you call it? Discrimination, noise discrimination. It really, it did <laughs> really well. Discrimination. <laughs> 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 call it what you will, man. We'll call it that. Uh, yeah, so it, it did really well. So let's see if we can do that next year and set up the uh, the whole booth and yeah. take it down there yeah, and set yeah. that up. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. But I think with the amount of people that are now going to want to go next year. I think it's going to be a two-car adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rent a big ass yeah. bus. Take the RV down. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. We're going to sleep. We'll just sleep right out in the parking lot. Exactly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to yeah. be good. What do they call it? Tailgating. We'll have a tailgating party. No. Uh, oh, uh, tailgating, but uh, boondocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. When you go yeah. park in the yeah. camp overnight in the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. There you go, buddy. So. Um, Oh, that was you. Was that me? Where's my phone? I don't know, but it's making noise. Where's my phone? Oh, there's my phone. Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> so oh. I'm not the only one. Speaking of Alan, we're both fired. <laughs> 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 Everything's just binging here tonight. <laughs> I don't know what to do. So you know what? Like I say, I, I talked to Zach at Cocapelli, um, and Zach actually listens to our podcast. Awesome. Which is really That's good cool. good to hear. Uh, Harlan Schwartz at Red Lake Outfitters up in Woodland Caribou. He listens to our podcast. Okay. He loves it. Uh, Patrick from Falcon Sales, uh, had a good chit chat with him. Andrew Bending Branches. And then John Van Berger, our foreign correspondent, chit chatted with him yeah. about all the, uh, the money that's got donated, um, from the Yukon journey and yes. what's going to happen next year. So without further ado, here are one, two, three, four, five different interviews and a couple of commercials. <laughs> So I'm at the Cocopelli uh, booth here. We're looking at the Pack Rafts, and I'm with Zach. How you doing, Zach? Dude, it's awesome to be here in Madison. Isn't it, though? Uh, where else are you going to be and have a better time? Exactly. So Pack Rafts. We talked about Pack Rafts a while back on our show, and uh, we decided that the Rogue was going to be the one to go with. I'm um, sitting here. I'm actually looking at it, and there's a whole bunch of options coming. So... Why don't you just give us a run-through on what exactly you guys do and your different models and stuff like that. So we started out six years ago making pack rafts. Um, We just want to get out there and adventure and have it be as fun and easy as possible. Um, When you're out there, you don't want to have to worry about your gear failing or whether you can get to where you want to go. You just want to get there. 
and have it be easy. So that's why we started the company. Um, the cool things about our boats are the features and the quality and the customer service behind it. Um, so whether it's our Kevlar reinforced floor or you know our um, Leafield D7 valve on the back or the tie zip, um, you can store all your camping gear on the inside. It's easy to get out there and have a ton of fun. Now you have these two little things here. I didn't realize that people were listening to your, your uh, talk to other people that they fill the the pontoons here with their gear. Definitely. So like on multi-day trips, if you're like trying to keep your gear safe and dry, what you're going to do is get a boat with a tie zip on it. And you're going to store all your camping supplies, your tent, your backpack, your food inside the pontoons of the boat. Now, if you're really concerned about the stuff staying dry, we also have our inflatable dry bags. You're going to grab one of these, put your camera equipment, maybe a small telescope, whatever, inside there. You're going to slide in the boat, seal it up and inflate it, and then get on the water. The other advantage of having your gear stored inside your boat is it's a better center of gravity. So if you've ever flipped a full-size ducky with a gear load on the front, you're not going to be able to flip it back over unless you have a buddy out there helping you or you get to shore. With the pack raft, once you have all that gear on the inside, if you actually do flip in, you're in that situation, it's much easier to get the boat back over and upright. Right. Now the Rogue here, uh, that's the adventure, one of the adventure series ones? Yeah, adventure series. So it's our most multi-use boat. Recommended for flat to class 2 water, uh, but it's great for bike packing, backpacking, van life. Um, we have guys out there quartering caribou and carrying them back out. Um, whatever you want to do with it, it's, it's the tool. And we have the accessories so you can customize it. Our idea is, is we want a simple platform. And then you can take and be like, hey, I'm a fly fisherman, whitewater paddler, and I bike pack sometimes. And you can make the boat fit what you're doing and add the certain parts or accessories that you want to make it. And the one accessory here I look at is your uh, your paddle. It's a breakdown four-piece paddle? Yep. So our four-piece breakdown paddle is about two pounds. The whitewater paddle is two pounds, six ounces. Carbon fiber. Uh, it's the biggest part of your whole pack is actually just going to be the blade of your paddle. So our whole goal was to minimize that. And what we've done is we've gotten a paddle blade that's about a foot and a half. So it'll fit in your carry-on luggage. So if you're traveling with it, this is the paddle to go with. As well as when you're running some gnarly water, you want a paddle that's going to hold up and be durable. Right. And the uh, you got a spray skirt here. Yep. So we do spray deck boats. Um, we have our ultralight spray skirt, which is great for getting into the backcountry. It's about uh, eight ounces. Um, and then we have our new whitewater spray skirt, which is about a pound, two ounces. So if you're doing more gnarly stuff, you can add that one. We also do self-bailing pack rafts, so more like a traditional raft, as well as just bucket boats. Right. Now, the the couches you were talking earlier, those those inflatable couches everybody does now, they, yeah. they throw the air into it and, yep. and whatnot. Uh, you've got that method that sticks into the front and you can do the bag fill or you got a little orange uh, jobby. The inflation bag weighs about five ounces. It'll take you about three to five minutes to get the boat inflated or 15 to 20 bags. Or you can use our new feather pump, which is six ounces, 60 minute battery life. You can recharge it with your Go Zero, your battery pack, cell phone charger, whatever you have. And you can deflate the boat as well. So 60 second inflation or deflation, you're on the water and you're good to go. Perfect. And it, what, what is the, so if you get the paddle, you get a couple of these, these uh, inflatable bags, mm -hmm. and you get this pack raft, like I say, just say the road because it's sitting here, sure. uh, all tricked out. What's that going to weigh in at? Uh, so total, you're looking at six and a half, eight and a half with the pump, maybe about nine pounds total. Nine pounds instead of hauling around like a giant canoe or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. That's, that's awesome. And the, the, 
you're saying people are using it for fly fishing, they're using it for just whitewater raft, and they're using it for pack uh, Everything from hunting, fishing, uh, whitewater, bikepacking, backpacking, van life is really huge as well. People are just going on a lot of trips and vacation, they want a boat that works back home at the lake, as well as Mexico on the ocean. What are these like on flat water? So a pack raft on flat water is really slow. Um, if your friends are in kayaks or canoes, they're going to leave you behind. But you're going to be out there, you're going to be drinking a beer or something, having a great time. Uh, the other thing is, is they're really stable. Um, so if you're not an experienced paddler, or even if you are and you're carrying a lot of gear, you're not at, at so much risk as you would be in a canoe or kayak of like flipping and losing that equipment. Right. So you, got, you got two other models here. Yep. You got, what's this one, the big... So or a green, green one. The green one is our Nirvana Self Baler. Um, okay. That's my personal favorite just because it's easy to get in and out of. I can put my fishing gear in between my legs, but I can still go run white water. And it's only eight and a half pounds. We're about two pounds heavier than the Rogue here with the spray deck. Okay. Um, so that's my daily driver. I love that boat to death. Yeah. And it comes with, it'll come with a spray skirt and everything as well? Uh, so the self-baler in itself just comes with the inflatable floor with integrated seat as well as the back band system. Okay. Um, the thigh straps are optional and additional. Um, and then spray deck boat comes with the ultralight spray skirt. If you want to add the more heavy-duty whitewater spray skirt, and that's another option as well. Awesome. So people want to find out, actually, before we do that, I'm looking at this one here. Yeah, yeah, yeah good eye. Um, so our Animus River Bag is our new river duffel bag. Um, off the water, you're going to put your pack craft, your four-piece breakdown paddle, your PFD, helmet, whatever other gear inside the bag. It has a nice pocket on the back side for putting your keys or phone if you have a dry, smaller dry pouch to put that in, you can store it. Right. The other cool thing is when you're on the river is it integrates with the front four D-rings on all of our boats. So you take that bag, you can strap it on the front, it'll keep your gear secure. The other nice thing is with the molly webbing is you can either expand or contract the bag. Versus traditional bow bags from some of the other brands, which are a fixed size, you can take this and you can put three really big dry bags or a couple of small dry bags and compress it down. Right. So you just have more options for carrying your gear, as well as it's breathable. So when you're leaving it in your car, you're not like, dude, what's that smell? You know what I mean? Your friends can actually ride with you. Yeah, that's cool. So you guys, it's like you guys got the whole setup just yeah. that you can pack it down nicely and set it right back up. Dude, like I said, the whole thing we're coming, where we're coming from is that we want a simple lineup of boats that you can customize and make it fit whatever activities you're doing. There's so many things you can do with them that's impossible to make a model for every single specialized activity. Right. And instead, it's just you can take this and be like, all right, I want to add a rail system here because I like to fish, or I need to add more geared car cargo capacity up on the front, and you can add our net system, whatever it is. Well, it's a really good system, that's for sure. And like I say, with the yeah, I heard you were pissed off about not getting a boat. Yeah, well, pissed off because it's just showing all the pictures. On your Instagram accounts and Facebook's account, and they're just like, man, I'd like to be going to those places. Every day, right? that's how I feel. I'm like, man, I need to be out on the water. Yeah. Yeah, you just look at some of that. I mean, I'm looking at the pictures you got around yeah. your booth here, and you're like, some of the places you're going with these things. Exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. It's phenomenal, yeah. Yeah, and like, for me, a big part of it was getting my girlfriend into paddling. Um, right. She had kayaked once, rolled, swore it off, was never going to do it again, and I'm like, you love rafting, and you love getting out there try pack rafting and so now she's running class three rivers and she'd never paddled before she it's having a cool a good you, time you out take there. your your dogs out in this you said yep so i have a 130 pound roddy he likes to ride up on the front of the boat um probably only like flat to class one water but he has yeah. a good time out there yeah, yeah cool cool so very dog friendly definitely really cool setups here so if anybody wants to check you guys out where do they where do they go dude straight to cocapellipackraft.com we're also on instagram and facebook shoot us a message give us a call love to help you out awesome right. thank you zach for uh, being on the show i don't know why we're shaking hands given we're talking everybody we just <laughs> shook hands <laughs> 
This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. So, next guest, uh, we're sitting in his booth right now, and one of my best trips I've taken in the canoe is up to Woodland Caribou. Uh, I talk about that trip quite a bit, and that happened about five, six years ago now. Uh, it was a good one. And the guy we went through was Harlan Schwartz. How you doing, Harlan? I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. Awesome. Now, you run the Red Lake Outfitters up in Red Lake, Ontario. I do. We do uh, the outfitting in a Woodland Caribou Park. Been at it for nine years every day, man. It's, it's been a good ride. Well, that's who we, we went through you. Um, yeah. I was invited on this trip to Woodland Caribou. Yeah. And they, I didn't know anything about it. He said, yeah, we got a guy up in Red Lake. He sets us all up, sets up with a flight, sets us up with anything we need, any questions. We can call him up and, and do that. And uh, we did our 24-hour drive up. Yeah, it's a fun drive. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. And, yeah, we, we went to you. Um, you knew what we were, we were looking for. You had canoes for us because we needed an extra canoe. Yeah. You had arranged our flights in and everything flights, like yeah. that and gave us a lot of information about what we needed to know before we got there and what would happen when we got there sort of thing. Um, one of the big things right off the bat that's, that sticks in my mind is we had our route mapped out. Yep. And you had told us part of our route. You looked over our route when we got there and said, this area, you're not passing because the previous winter was a lot of blowdowns. And, sure. and it was so you on the spot helped us change our route to accommodate for to get around all that and then continue on and whatnot. Yeah. So that was my experience. I mean, then we went over, we, we loaded up the plane, took a couple flights in. They dropped us off. And then a few weeks later, they picked us up and... And we got to great. hear all about your trip. Yeah, and we got it was, here. It was yeah, a good deal. So that's my perspective. So tell me about Red Lake Outfitters. What can somebody expect when they call you up and say, "I, I want to go to Woodland Caribou"? Yeah, so it's a great question. Uh, I, I would say short answer is that we we handled everything and anything to do with a canoe trip or a wilderness paddling adventure in Woodland Caribou. So anything from just a little bit of, of route information and trip planning information, some park permits to complete outfitting, float plane rides, uh, ground shuttles to the various access points down logging roads, all the gear and everything in between. Uh, we just want to see people come up. So no matter what you need, if you're thinking of a really cool wilderness paddling adventure, drop us a line, tell us kind of what you're looking for in a trip and, and we'll work with you. Uh, Basically, because we see so few people over the course of a season, we don't have to cookie cutter trips. Right. Uh, we don't have to put everyone and put them into these different molds. So uh, we work with our guests one-on-one to understand what their needs are. 
based on that, we'll make some route recommendations. And then, of course, as things happen throughout the season in real time, you know, if you have a blowdown event or a forest fire or any kind of other variable, we have that information. We're going to relay that to you. So if you had a pre-planned route, which is what you guys had, right. we can change things up on the fly and make sure that you guys are going to have a kick-ass time, not have to worry about some of the problems that might be happening with, you know, in the wilderness. Right. Now, one of the things that when we went up, uh, we our route took us through a couple of burns, yeah. old burns and stuff it like sure that. Uh, like you say, the, the blow-down ways. Um, there weren't... I think we came across... Two other people that were two other groups that were were canoeing at the time. Uh, we came across a few lodges that are up in the park itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fishing, like what can you say about the phenomenal fishing? man? Right, it was phenomenal. You guys slayed them. There was one big fish that uh, a pike that we got to the boat, and there's no way we could get it in. Got to get to shore. It, oh yeah, and uh, we lost it before that, but yeah, uh, oh. we call that Lunker Lake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We have a Lunker Lake in the park. Actually. Yeah, yeah, and that that was, that was great. Yeah. Um, now you spent a lot of time in there, in, in going through the park yourself. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, I've spent, I've spent a long time in the park. I mean, basically before I started the business, I was I was in the park for for quite a while, just trying to understanding the dynamic of the park. And I actually moved to the Red Lake area from Toronto just to paddle that park. So my heart and soul is in that park. I love how it's set up with the the short portages. And the smaller lakes, it's more intimate experience I find, right? To compare it to some other paddling destinations, and uh, yeah, I got I got lots of time in the park, and hopefully uh, some more time than last year, you know, in this coming year, because it, it gets harder and harder to get out all the time. But uh, well, we got great staff, you know, we we have a we have an idea of what's going on in the park at all times. We're in the park all day with shuttles and flights, so it's uh, it's a pretty cool deal, right? And what I liked about Woodland Caribou. Um, like I say, being from Toronto area, Algonquin Park's really easy to get to. Yeah. So you got the big portages, everything's marked, the campsites are all marked. Yeah, man. And when we went to Woodland Par- Caribou, it's, okay, you got to hunt for the little pile of stones, and that denotes your portage. Yeah. Um, and then you, yeah, you found where the portage is, and now you have to find out how to get down to the portage and through the portage. Yeah. Which is a total different experience to what most people are are really into. How much experience would you say somebody needs before they hit Woodland Caribou? Yes, yeah, so that's a great question. And, and just on that topic, I mean, for, for portages, uh, portages if you're American, uh, it, when there are mature trees, we use axe blazes to, right. to mark our portages. We don't use like little yellow or orange placards like you'd find in Killarney or Algonquin or some of the other more developed parks. So for the most part, you're going to be looking for axe blazes. In areas where there's been forest fires, we use rocks right. to just uh, create a, what's called a cairn. Uh, and that kind of marks the way. In saying that, uh, it's a more wild landscape than some of the more developed parks. And it's definitely more remote. I don't think there's, any, uh, I don't think there's a greater challenge once you're actually out on the trip in paddling our park versus other parks. I mean, canoeing is canoeing. Trees are trees, forest are forest. Um, but the remoteness probably dictates a little more experience because if you run into problems out in woodland caribou there's not somebody at the next campsite to give you a hand or the next lake even you might not run into anybody for 10 days so you have to have some experience uh a safety system in place you know whether it's a satellite phone contingency plans that kind of stuff but in terms of actually being out there i don't think it's any more difficult but we always recommend that this not be the first trip that you ever do have some experience in the canoe 
make sure that you understand your gear, your system, your safety checks, and uh, you'll be fine. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of historical stuff in the park as well. We came upon the, upon the, the pictographs and all that sort of yeah. stuff, which is really cool. There's a lot of First Nations history. Uh, we have archaeologists actually in the park all summer. Right. And part of the park is now part uh, is a Canadian... Or part of the park is uh, the Bloodvane River. That's a Canadian Heritage River. Right. And it's also part of uh, a new UNESCO heritage, uh, World Heritage designation called Panachawana Key, which is a collection of different reserves that uh, got this designation because of... Uh, the life that they've led on this land. So there still is some active First Nations use in the park. Uh, there's almost 20 different locations of pictographs in the park, including the really vibrant ones on the Bloodvane River, the big mural site uh, near Artery Lake. So it's just a pretty cool place to go. You're going to see caribou and moose and maybe a wolverine or two or some wolves, and you're going to see some pictographs. You're going to slam walleye. You know, yeah. you're not going to see anybody else. It's kind of your trip, your way, complete freedom. And, and that's the allure of the park. Yeah. And uh, not only are people doing it in the summers now, which is cool because you can, you can either fly in or you can drive in. Just want to say but, hi. But there's also the uh, winter camping aspect. I'm sorry. Um, you're doing, you, you go in over the winter as well now. Yeah, we do winter trips. We've been doing them actually for about five years. We use snow trek or hot tents right. and, uh, and stoves and we, we send people in. In fact, I'm here at Canucopia. Uh, I'm heading back to pull people out of, of the bush on Tuesday. We flew a bunch in, you know, a bunch of guys in from overseas that are doing it right now. So it's pretty cool that we're attracting people from all over the world to do these insanely awesome winter camping or winter trekking experiences in the boreal forest of Woodland Caribou. It's, it's pretty remarkable. It really is. It's, like I say, it's a beautiful area. Absolutely loved it up there. Now, is there any area of the park that you prefer? If you had, if you had to sit down with somebody and say, you know what? This is the area you need to go to. Yeah, so that's a loaded question. <laughs> of Be course. And, and I say that to qualify that statement. It's because sometimes I wake up and I feel like, oh, I just want to slam walleye. Sometimes I say, oh, I want to go for lake trout or I just want to get away. And there's a couple campsites maybe that I just want to see that site again. So for me, over the course of the summer, there's a few instances where I can just hop in an airplane and get out for two days, right. three days myself, get my head right. Uh, those areas that I'll go to do depend on what I want in those moments. However, if I could say one area that my heart truly lays in right now, it's the north end of Haven Lake. I don't know if you were on Haven uh, Lake. Yeah, yeah. The north end of Haven Lake is this old growth spruce forest. There is epic walleye fishing in there. There's lots of little islands. Sometimes when you get that sunset coming down, man, it's shining the light on those islands. You're sitting in camp at night, eating you know, walleye over the fire. It just doesn't get any better. So Haven Lake is a really cool place. It's a fly-in destination for us. Uh, or you could, you know, take a ground entry and paddle in for four days and, and get to it. So, pretty cool place, but there's lots of them. Yeah, and I mean, you know what, when, you, when you're coming up there, what's more Canadian than throwing a canoe on the side of a bush plane and flying off, landing in there, flipping the canoe off, and paddling for, for a couple that's of weeks? That's it, man. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we've really built our business around. We do so many flights. I'd say over half of our groups that are going into the park are are flying with us right and it's it's just a cool way to do it you know and it's it costs money but it's not really cost prohibitive if you look at it versus you know other things that people do on vacations yeah and uh it's just a super cool way to you know spend half an hour in these iconic de Havilland beavers or otters and all of a sudden you're in the most remote areas that you could ever be in once that plane leaves man it's just you and your group or if you're solo you're by yourself 
I mean, there's nothing else there. There's no sounds, and you kind of realize just how remote you are. Yeah. And there's just something beautiful about that, and, and kind of romantic about that idea. Well, and that's exactly it. Like when, when we landed, um, the pilot gets out, flips the canoe off the off the, the float. Float, yeah. The rock, and then yeah. you get in, and he starts handing you all the gear to put in your canoe. Yeah. And then you start paddling away, and then he just guns that big engine, and that's it, man. Off he goes. Yeah. And yeah. you're just like, okay. <laughs> that's it you know and then you you just go out and you have a blast yeah man so definitely something i would recommend uh is, is a trip to woodland caribou thank you i mean everybody because should i've do done it, it i think yeah. everybody should get everybody up there. should go everyone needs to discover woodland caribou they do so if everybody wanted to find out more information about red lake outfitters and woodland caribou where would we go? Well, we got to do the shameless plug. That's we got www.redlakeoutfitters.com, or you can give us a call anytime. But the website is really the best resource for detailed information. Or you can check out our Instagram feed, which is I think pretty cool. Uh, we got lots of guys on there, so just you know, Red Lake Outfitters on Instagram, or check out our Facebook page. But just doing a Google search on Woodland Caribou, you're going to get our information. And uh, I'm always there. I'm always at the phone, or one of our staff is. So anyone has any questions, just drop us a line or just message us right off of our website and you can we can do a little chat or an instant message or something like that and perfect we just want to have people discover it i mean there's this 1.2 million acre wilderness class park in northwestern ontario that like nobody seems to know about and tripping in there and traveling is just so easy yeah we just need more people to, to you know make that effort to drive up there or you can fly out of toronto and porter airlines goes to thunder bay cheap flight and then from there, you can get off to Red Lake. So there's lots of ways to do it. Just give us a call or drop us a line. Perfect. Well, thanks, Harlan, for uh, chatting about you guys and Woodland yeah, Caribou. Man. And uh, it's good to see you again. Thanks for letting me ramble. Yeah, not a problem, buddy. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you. Yeah. So our next guest on our show is uh, something we talked about before. Uh, we we've make things easier when you're out on your kayak or in your canoe because uh, this item is actually usable on both. Today we have Patrick from Falcon Sales. How you doing, Patrick? Great. So we talked about sales before on our previous episode. Uh, the different types of sales, how you can make them, mm-hmm. even something simple as a garbage bag on a mm-hmm. on a on a uh, stick. Uh, but you've got this actual, for lack of a better term, a sailboat sale. A proper sale. A proper sale. So go through it. What what makes this? An absolutely fantastic sale. Well, besides the way it looks, of course. Well, first of all, we work very hard at making sure every single part is as good as it can be. This is what we do all day long. We do nothing but kayak sale stuff. This isn't a sideshow for us. This is what we do. We have our sale rig has seven patented features that are unique and different that make it better and more solid, more stable, and more reliable. And that's really important. We started by thinking out of the box, how can things be better on everything? Right. We have a tenth of a gram scale in our shop. We measure and we're fastidious about weight and making sure that everything's right. We're very, you know, we know what kayakers want. We're paddlers. We kayak. We adventure. We do these things. And, you know... We are not going to release anything until it passed a standard of, I want this on my kayak. Exactly. And, of course, we don't stop there. We continue to refine the product. Okay. So, so this this sale that we're looking at here, um, unfortunately, that's the thing of the podcast that you can't really see it. But 
So it's just it's got the mast that goes up. It's yep. a boom that comes out. You got the the triangle uh, sail, conventional sail shape. Yep. You got lines going every which way here. Yep. Uh, so basically, it's it's you you mount it to the front. Yeah. Right. Uh, yep. There's a nice heavy duty piece of hardware here that mounts to the front, and you can take it off. Yes. Just by there's a, a screw here a and the whole sail comes up. Yeah, you can remove the entire rig from your boat. You can leave it on 365 days a year if you like, fold it in its down position, which is nice because when you're at the put in and take out, you don't have to fumble around with taking it on or putting it on, taking it off. Right. And this and but the other thing is, it's always available. It's always available and it's not in it in the way. You can put it down and it folds about the size of an umbrella. You can have completely normal paddle strokes when it's up, and you can have completely normal paddle strokes when it's down. Right. And that was one of those, one of the things we were looking for. With, okay. With it. And it's one, two, three, four, five ropes that attach it. Uh, yeah. To keep it steady. Yeah. It depends. We. This is a fully rigged kayak. It has. You know some of the uh, sail line, the lines that are important to conventional sailors that can be eliminated, like the boom bang line, and then we have side stay lines and back stay lines. The, the side stay lines can be eliminated, but I'm pretty fastidious about. I want my rig to be as solid as a rock. Right. And if it's not that important to you, and you want value simplification, you can eliminate the side stay lines and just live with the back stay line. So we can get it trimmed down this boat is fully rigged how i would like my boat rigged yeah and uh, just going over it looking at it and it is quite stable i mean that is rock solid You're, yeah it, it's not wiggly because that's what you expect right yeah that, that it's going to wiggle a bit and stuff like that but it does not the, the 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 boat and the mast are one right if the boat moves the mast moves if the mast moves the boat moves there's not flexing that allows dumping of air and pulsating of power. This rig is made to be as powerful as possible per square inch. Now, it, some people think, oh, I don't need all that power. Well, the thing is, you want a steady ride. It makes it more comfortable. It makes it more, you know, if you're a beginner, that's what you want. You don't want a sail that's dumping air and then uh, rising to its full power and dumping air and rising to its full. You want steady power right and if you want you choose the size of sail that you need to get the amount of power you want and then you look for a sail that's going to be steady in power and that's what we do we have ourselves a boom van or boom which keeps the, the the sail exposed to the wind how you want and then of course the solid mass and if to take it a step further we have things like a boom van which can be ignored to people that are like, what's a boom vang? Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. You want to, you know, you want to start out with the basics. You can do that, and then rise to the higher level by just adding lines later on. Okay. Now, how many sizes of sails do you have? We have two sizes: a one square meter sail and a one point four square meter sail. Okay, for bigger boats, smaller like speed. Well, it depends on myself if i only had one size sail to choose from and i could only have one i carry both because hey i'm a this is our business but i would i'm a i'm a sea kayaker okay sea kayakers should generally go with one square meter sail um somebody that's in a really big fishing kayak 
would much prefer a 1.4 square meter sail. Right. Okay. And on a light wind day, I might put a 1.4 on, but like I said, if I only had one size, I'd go with the 1.0. Okay. And it's really, we were showing earlier how it was put up, put down, and it really doesn't take much to do it no. at all. Um, you've got the little, right, at, right by the cockpit, which are within your hand's grip, you got one, two, three different little lines, lines here, but the clips that are actually mounted in. Yeah, these are uh, clam cleats, or uh, made in England. You know, we search far and wide for the best of everything. Little details like having a good, reliable, uh, and lightweight and solid cleat is just very important. I, you know, it, uh, and we chose after trying very many different types of uh, cleats, the uh, clam cleats, micro, or they're called micro clam cleats. They're wonderful for kayaks. They're reliable and solid, and they do a great job. And so we have three lines. You like you mentioned control lines, a four-stay line that pulls the sail up and holds it up from its down position. And then we have a sheet line that controls the boom and pulls the boom back to the center line or releases it. And then we have the very complicated, it's not very complicated, but the line that people don't understand until they get into kayak sailing or sailing, a boom vang line. This can be removed. So you can be basically one line to pull the sail up and then another line to control the boom. And that's all you need. And your hands are free. Right. Besides adjusting, perfect. occasionally adjusting the sheet line. Okay. Um, yeah, so this looks really cool. I was contemplating one. I do a lot of canoe tripping. Yeah. And this can, you, you can get a, a bottom mount, mount yep. one to your kayak, get another yep. bottom mount, mount it to your canoe. Yeah. And then you can just switch yes. to whichever craft you're using that day. That's right. Which is perfect. Yeah. Especially if you're into the multiple thing. What about stand-up paddle boards? We don't really do a whole lot of those. I mean, we have some creative people that work on doing things with their stand-up paddle boards. Right. It's just, it's one of those things that we're not highly proficient in, and we don't want to say, yeah, we can do everything, you know. But if you have a stand-up paddle board, take a look at our site and see what we have, and we'll help you answer some questions. And if you can work it out, we'll be there to help you out. Perfect. Well, this is this is really cool setup. I really like it. If uh, people want to find out more about you guys, where do they go? Well, our website, uh, falconsales.com, and our Facebook page. Uh, just look for Falcon Sales, and we'll be there. Like our page and check it out. We'll be very happy to see you there. Perfect. Well, thank you, Patrick. Uh, it's been great. Uh, I think I will go look at some more of these sales and give them a thought. All right, Sean. Thank you very much. Thanks for being on. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Uh, so I'm now at the booth of Bending Branches, and I'm talking to Andrew Stern. How you doing, Andrew? I'm great. How are you? Not too shabby. Uh, so I heard about you. I've seen you guys around Bending Branches, um, and I actually have one of your Aquabound kayak right. paddles. Uh, that's what I use. We just got into the, the kayaking last year. 
And uh, yeah, so far it's doing me well. Good. I've made it on the water and I've made it off. <laughs> so that that's works. what we like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, John Van Berger, the Outdoor Kind, he did the Yukon journey, and you guys gave him some support and whatnot, and uh, so that I come over and uh, find out more about you guys and Absolutely. who you are, what you do. Thanks, thanks, Sean. So our quick story is we started in 1982. Our founders invented the first tip protection for a canoe paddle, otherwise. Previously, all canoe paddles were just basic wood construction. Right. And they invented a, a urethane material similar to a rollerblade ball and had it adhered to the uh, tips of wood canoe paddles. We okay. call the rock guard. And then over the next 20 years or so, we were making canoe paddles and hockey sticks. And yeah. then uh, <laughs> in the early 2000s, roughly 2001, we discontinued hockey because we couldn't compete too well in that market any longer and right. started making double-bladed paddles mm -hmm. called kayak paddles. Got after that market quite a bit, and then in 2008, we acquired our biggest competitor, Aquabomb Paddles, which is out of uh, Bur Surly, British, British Columbia. British Columbia, yeah. Yep, and uh, Aquabomb was known for being the best at making plastic-bladed paddles. Their ability to injection mold paddles was the best. Right. And we wanted that technology, so we uh, we brought their production to Wisconsin, where we're located. Right. And it was at that time when we really started to get after kayak paddles, and shortly after that, we started making stand-up paddles for paddle boarding, right? Uh, whitewater paddles, and a new sport called kayak fishing started, and we started making paddles for fishermen that fish from, from kayaking, and we continue to innovate canoe paddles. We've got everything from 75 bucks up to 250 bucks. You know, when we, when we make canoe paddles, we like to look for people going on cool trips, people making a difference, right. bettering society in our community. Right. And people like John, who reached out to us and said, I'm going on this really cool trip through the Yukon, benefiting these organizations, would you like to be involved? And we said, absolutely, we wanna, we wanna do what we could to help, and we got involved and helped John out a little bit, and we look for people going on expeditions at all times, because our product is quite technical. Right. Compared to what's available on the market, we can get pretty expensive, but, uh, when you need gear to matter and when you need to rely on something like a paddle, we, uh, we've got some good stuff for you. Yeah, I've seen some of your, your uh, expensive ones and uh, that's, that's a little bit farther down the line for me. Yeah. Uh, when you're just getting into kayaking, I don't think you need um, you know, like carbon fiber stuff. And right. We're, we try and be really approachable <laughs> with our paddles because everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. And uh, what you'll give with us is we'll help you get you through and learn. And, try out some stuff that will be reliable regardless of how many times you paddle or where you paddle or what conditions you're in. We'll have something that's that's designed and ready for you. That's cool. Now, do you do anything other than just paddles? We just manufacture just paddles. paddles. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, when, um, you, when you focus on only one thing, you get, I think, pretty good at it. Yeah. You have that level of detail and concern. And when you just manufacture paddles, we truly love what we do and we work in a real, really cool industry. Yeah, and I mean, we have the sale yeah. company next to us and yeah. I mean we go there for a lot of outdoor gear yeah and that's exactly where we see your stuff yeah sales it's, are it's, a really great retailer in Canada for us yeah it's nice to be able to go in a local store and see something like this and uh, you know it's just an added benefit when we know you guys are doing stuff like you did with John right it's like oh yeah you know I'm more likely to go with something like that you know you're giving back as well as you know you're giving us your paddles and then you're you're giving back to the community sort of thing which is these days a big thing yeah, our livelihood is dependent on the health of paddle sports, so yeah. we're as engaged as we can be in looking to make a difference, even with just one group of a handful of paddlers going on a trip. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, what is your favorite paddle? I mean, there's tons of them here. So I am, my, my most common and active paddle sport is kayaking. Okay. So I use the Navigator, which is, has wood blades and a carbon shaft. It's a hybrid paddle. Right. 
Um, it's pretty expensive. It retails U.S. three hundred dollars. Um, otherwise, in the last few years, we've really gotten after composite manufacturing and putting composite, the lightest weight Kevlar materials into paddles. Right. And that's opened up a whole new gate of really exciting stuff to try and to, to design and test. So yeah, well, I mean, that, the, the canoe industry did the same, right? They went with all the Kevlar and, yeah. and right. Agra and stuff like that. So you start mixing all that stuff together mm-hmm. for strength and lightweight. You're bound to get something, right? It's it's been pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fun to use that stuff. That's that's cool. So, if anybody wants to find out more about bending branches and, and what you guys offer and all that, yeah, where would they go? Yes, yeah, so you can go check out our stuff on beddingbranches.com or aquabound.com. We okay. have both the brands. We own both of those brands. Um, otherwise, if you check any of your local specialty retailers, we're pretty well distributed. So you can check out our stuff there and learn more about their local shop. Okay. Um, otherwise, check us out on social media. We've got some cool stuff. You can see a lot of the people we support. A lot of the trips. We, uh, we see people go on and, and kind of what we're up to there. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. Oh, thanks, John. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Uh, so our next guest is somebody that's been on our show many times. Yeah, many, I'm, many times. I'm, yeah, I may be like yeah, the you're, person You're not even a most. guest anymore. I know. John Van Berger, the outdoor kind. The foreign correspondent. Our foreign correspondent. And I'm on your turf for a change. That's right, man. This uh, is my state. Wow. Yeah. Land of beer, land of cheese, mm-hmm. and different meats yeah and it's good it's a good place to be huh land of chicken waffles yeah that was pretty tasty last night man that was good so good too good (laughs) i I think i ate too much and the beers that was that was nice went down easy well a lot of different flavors yeah a lot of different types yeah i think you need to i should have made a checklist and then whatever wasn't on that list yep you could have brought up next time I should have known that's where you were going with that, right? <laughs> Here's my shopping list. Bring it next time. That's right. So you did the Yukon River Journey. Yes. You called in. We were chatting and all that. Yep. Uh, you were raising money for first responders. Correct. And you've taken all that money. Yes. And you've divided it up to a number of different charities. Yeah. Uh, and you've based it on your sponsors. Partly. Yeah. So, so what we did is, I mean, there's... Right, I mean, because we're looking at North America, so I mean, U.S. and Canada, right? right? And so, because we had sponsors on both sides of the border, what we thought we'd do is go ahead and pull the people, just as like, okay, well, as kind of a, a tip of the hat to like Novacraft, for example, right? Right. Uh, in London, Ontario, we thought, well, let's find something in that area, a good organization, right? I mean, because that's the key. It's got to be a good organization, an active organization. Um, that helps first responders or people that help us when we're out playing. Right. And so, um, so that's kind of how we chose to do that. Was to look by regions for our different primary sponsors. Cool. So, if we've got a second here, how would you yeah. like to go through? Where because I've got a couple emails from people saying, "Hey, I followed your 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 podcast, yeah. and we followed the Yukon journey, and we know you were raising funds. So, where did the money go?" Okay. Well, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that. I am, uh, I'll start out because I just mentioned Novacraft and they had loaned us that beautiful prospector for the trip. Right. Uh, We uh, donated to Boots on the Ground, uh, kind of on on their behalf, if you will. And it's a a peer support uh, network for first responders. And so for all types of first responders, because one of the things that, one of the big issues is that, you know, they see a lot and a lot of things happen, right? Right. And so the stress of that, the PTSD can be pretty fierce. So this is a group of first responders for first responders. Okay. A new organization, and uh, so we're really happy to, to do that with them. Cool. Uh, Northwater, uh, over in uh, British Columbia, 
they've done a lot of work with uh, British Columbia Search and Rescue Association. Right. So Northwater makes like these really great safety products. I mean, great products overall, right? So we have the spray deck, and and I have some deck bags and things like that. But they do a lot of safety uh, gear too, and a lot of people don't realize that. Right. So they work with uh, BC Search and Rescue. So we we gave to them uh, with a tip of the hat to them. Uh, here in Wisconsin, being that we're here in my home state, and, and you didn't bring me any beer and cheese, by the way, just as a just as a note here. Uh, well, we did. Did we? We did. It didn't make it, though, did it? It didn't make it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Bending Branches and Aquabound uh, was a sponsor for us, too, so we wanted to give to a, an organization here in Wisconsin, so we donated to the Wisconsin Canine SOS Search and Rescue. And so a good organization. They're based actually down in this area, pretty close to where we're at here at Canoe Copia. Okay, so the next group then that we, uh, one of our other primary sponsors was Enlightened Equipment. And they're out of uh, Winona, Minnesota. And they make these awesome uh, sleeping quilts, the lightweights uh, for when you're out camping and paddling and such. And we wanted to do something over in that area for them. So the St. Louis County, uh, rescue group, which works with the sheriff department up there, they cover the Boundary Waters area, or a good chunk of the Boundary Waters area. So, uh, in fact, they have an area about the size of New Jersey. Okay. So we wanted to kind of give a, a donation to them. Uh, another Midwestern group, and so I'm very proud of these things too, right? Because this is this is like my my your, area, your area, my area now. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Stormy Cromer, uh, which is the the hat, the hat you're wearing, the yeah. hat company. Yeah, up in um, just over the state line in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So uh, we donated to the Gojibic County Search and Rescue uh, Group up there. That's a it's a pretty cool organization uh, located near Stormy Cromer's headquarters up there. Okay. And they uh, they're incorporating not only do they do like kayak rescues and stuff, they're incorporating. Um, uh, horses into their ground search units. Really? Uh, some of the guys are former Coast Guard guys, so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good organization. That's cool. So we're very happy, and, and uh, Malone had uh, given us one of their trailers, so we, because we had driven up and that awesome 15,000 miles or whatever it ended <laughs> up being, uh, trip up and back. And so we uh, donated to the White Mountain Swiftwater Rescue Team. They're in New Hampshire. Malone is in uh, right next door in, in Maine. So we wanted to be able to kind of give a tip of the hat to them. And last but not least, and here's the thing, right? All of these companies are fantastic. They all make, we went to them because they make great gear, right? And, and, but the last one is, is extra special and dear to my heart because it's Yukon Brewing. Um, you know, because that's important when you're sitting around the fire at night after paddling all day. Exactly. And uh, so kind of with a tip of hat to them, we uh, donated to the Marsh Lake Fire and Rescue Unit. Uh, so that's just down in, and you paddle on Marsh Lake uh, as you're starting your journey. It's one right. of the lakes, southern lakes you hit. So we kind of wanted to give them a shout out as well. So uh, great organization, you know, volunteer fire department. And uh, so we, we wanted to do that there. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know what? All that money that has gone to a good place. Yeah. I mean, you've reached some of your goal there, and to be able to get the money right. and donate on behalf of yeah, the we, we had some people right? that were very uh, generous, and and we were very appreciative of like everybody that you know took a minute to donate, and and uh, so that was really kind of people to do. Yeah. Very. Very. Very.
So you're going to try the second half Going to try at least the second half this year. All right. Yep. And uh, so we'll see what happens then. Do some more uh, fundraising and... Yep. And it's it's part of the Maybe Whenever tour. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Excellent. So hopefully we'll make it this time. I'm hoping. (laughs) So before we let you go for the day, what do you think of Canucopia? Love it. Uh, We've been out here. This is our second year that we've been... Out in the uh, the lobby, they have it set up for anything from kind of like nonprofits and organizations like ours, and um, right. so it's a little different than what's on the inside, but uh, it's great, and so we're really happy to be here. We're the happy they had us in, and yeah, cool. yeah. Well, we we're uh, just talking to Darren Bush today. I was hoping to chat with him this week, but yeah, dudes all over the oh, place. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know? There's no stopping him. And Amelia uh, came on this year and took over Amelia Musser. Yep. I, I hope and I pronounce her name correctly. So she's handling, she's sort of like, she's, it's Darren and her, basically. Yeah. And it, so it's an amazing amount This is her first show doing Ooh, this full time. Right. And I, I talked to her today. She was incredibly coherent given the responsibilities <laughs> that, that she's had too, you know. So, well, so I was talking to Darren. Yes. And... Um, you know, I'll introduce myself and then I've been trying to get a hold of him, like he says, all over the board. Right. And he says, uh, to send him a, ma- a message. And he also about putting me on the contact list and maybe next year we'll have a, a booth oh, out in the awesome. hallway right next to you. Yeah, that'd be great. Like no, kind of across. The- <laughs> <laughs> Good point. But, you know, so like you were across the aisle last weekend. At Lansing, yeah. That was last weekend, right? Yeah. God, yeah. it seems like a long time ago. Doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we're right across from each other. So, uh, yeah, maybe do that again. That'd be awesome. It would. But no, you know what? Like, this is the first time here, and there, there's so much here to see. Yeah. And it, a lot of it is stuff that we don't see in Canada. Right. You know, like Falcon Sales is here, and you see all the NRS booth and stuff like that. Yeah. We're not seeing that up at the Ontario uh, the Outdoor Adventure Show in Toronto. Okay. You know, so it's cool to come down here and see all this other, other gear for a change. Yeah. Well, that we can now go on to Amazon and buy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other piece of that, too, is like, so when I went up to Toronto... Uh, there was there are things up there that companies make that they don't sell down here. Right. So Eureka, that no bug zone. Yep. We can't buy that down here. So one of the trips that I was up to go see, it was like, oh, look at that. You know, I remember Kevin Callan talking about that, and, and right. a number of people saying this is one of the things he absolutely takes out with him. And so we picked that up, and then we took that on the Yukon journey. Ah. So, so yeah, so it's, it works out for everybody, I think, and yeah. I think definitely. We'll be back again next year. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to well, me, buddy. Yeah, no, I, I should also point out that uh, I just you look pretty good today considering uh, last night you were a night out in uh, Mad City. Oh, man, you know what? I hit those Asian pork belly bite things that were with wasabi <laughs> and chilies. So. This is what you say right now, but oh, I have a dude. feeling that... Uh, no, because no, that started before all the alcohol started. <laughs> so. This is what you say today. <laughs> yeah. This is what you say. Anyway, thanks for uh, being on, and uh, we'll be chatting with you. Sounds good, man. Have a safe drive home. Thanks. Take care. This is Decky. This is Jeff of Unlostify. You can find our maps at unlostify.com. You're listening to Sean and Derek on Paddling Adventures Radio. Welcome back. So... Those are some pretty uh, interesting interviews, man. Yeah, I so want to go. Like, it's just... You sound like you guys had so much fun down there, and and, and just to... uh, to be exposed to such a diverse group of of paddlers and outdoors people and it's uh just the uh the personalities that you come across right yeah and like i say there's people down there with gear and stuff that we don't see up here no exactly 
So yeah. uh, as I say, you can, it's very unique. You can, you can now check all this stuff out and then go order it on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, and you, you bring it up, but unfortunately, that's a that's a sad, sad reality with uh, the certain cer- the the way things are going. Right? It's uh, you see a lot of the not that I want to get out too far off topic, but uh, it just brings to mind the. Uh, the sad reality of what Amazon is doing to the small mom and pop operations out there, right? Yeah, well, it's so easy to just sit in front of your keyboard and buy stuff now. Yeah, exactly. Right, and that's what people are doing. And and, and with uh, with some smaller retailers, like you can, for example, Joe Blow wants to sell some flashlights, and uh, so you find somebody you can buy the flashlights from at a discount rate, but you're going to sell it for them. Then yep. you mark it up and you sell it. But when you buy your product from a manufacturer and it turns out that it's cheaper for you to buy it on Amazon than it is for you to buy it from the manufacturer, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's unfortunate. So that's unfortunately, yeah. But that's what, and that's where Amazon wins out, right? Same thing with Costco. Like, you know, you, and Costco, like they'll buy a hundred thousand bicycles and they, so they get this group discount rate, but they don't have the quality behind them for like bicycles or for kayaks or yeah. for paddles or anyways i, I don't want to get too far yeah. off topic uh so a couple other things before we we close this out i want to chat about a few things yeah um true north map uh, i met uh, joe and jared um yeah. they run true north map now true north maps over the boundary waters but they are dye sublimation printed on oh, cloth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You saw that when I, yeah, I showed you, right? I want one of those. So I was chatting with them, and we're gonna get uh, we're gonna have them on the show at a later date and do an yeah. episode uh, chatting with them about their their maps. So it's basically a map on a hand towel, or yeah. a map on a. So so yeah. if it gets well, it's a nice silky feeling. Yeah, sort so you of could thing. wear it as a headband, a bandana. Yeah. You could uh, it a piece of clothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess you That's could use it. A, you know, a diaper yeah. <laughs> on a bad okay. night. You want to see the map? No, <laughs> 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 no, nope, nope, we'll we'll just stay lost. Yeah. Uh, so I got to get their information for you because I want to, I want to get a couple of their maps. Yeah. Well, they are on the internet and I follow them on Instagram and stuff yeah. like that too. So yeah, True North Maps. Imagine you can get them on Amazon. <laughs> I don't know if you can or not. I think they put, they may just sell them yeah. directly from them. Yeah. But uh, they're, pre- they're pretty cool. So like I say, I picked one of them up and we chatted and level six, I was talking to Jesse over at level six booth. They're in Ottawa here. So we're going to go and chit chat with them as well. Yeah. Um, he was excited there. I said, yeah, give us a shout. And, and that, uh, Eskif, I was talking to Jacques, uh, they're in, I want to say, I think they're Quebec city or I don't think they're in Montreal. I think they're in Quebec city. Yeah. I'm not sure. But they're over in Quebec anyway. I was chatting with him and, uh, we're going to go chit chat with him as well. And who's the last person? Oh, Northwater. I talked to Morgan at Northwater. They're out of Vancouver and they do a lot of storage systems. They do a lot of canoe safety gear, stuff like that. Um, straps and bindings and all those okay. little things. Yes, yes. And he uh, is going to send us a few items to review. And uh, so that'll be pretty cool. But yeah, I, was, I I probably spent 45 minutes to an hour chatting with him just about his stuff that he had in his booth. And it was really cool. Northwater Paddle Sports Equipment. You can find that if you Google them, you'll find them and see all the really cool stuff they've got. Um, what else? Oh, two last things here. Bourbon barrel aged maple syrup from B&E Trees. So they're making maple syrup and they had bourbon in it. Did you buy any? Did you bring any home? Dude, they put some of those little tasters and those, you know, the little pill bottles you get? Yeah. 
Oh, you know, Alan or Stone not the pill, but the little. I uh, love that stuff. Yeah, man, we're sh- we're doing those like shooters, man. <laughs> they were so good. I had so much sugar in me. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't buy any because I would have just been looking for a sippy straw that stuck to the side. Yeah, and just been drinking it as is because that's what you do. <laughs> Maple syrup and bourbon in one go. So we didn't do that. However, blackened American whiskey. Yes. Batch number 86. A blend of straight whiskeys finished in black brandy casked. Uh, do, 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 45% alcohol, 90 proof. So this stuff is made by Metallica, the band <laughs> Metallica. So they, they bought the distillery. They did. They make this whiskey. They put it in their barrels and then they blast Metallica music. To the, or the barrels. It totally sounds like it would work. So apparently there's some sort of molecular thing that happens between the music, vibrations. It's the vibrations. And, it, it drives the, 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 the liquid into and out of the wood. It just uh, helps quicken the transfer. Yeah. So apparently that's what it is. So we got a bottle. Uh, a bold collaboration of the finest hand-selected whiskeys. An unrivaled composition of craft and creativity born in cask. Forged by sound. <laughs> Sounds right. awesome. It's uh, made in <laughs> Vermont. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So we checked that out. Uh, it's nice and smooth. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's. Drinkable. And I like it. It's uh, it's it's got a what what did you say a a smooth harshness. Yeah, smooth harshness. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we talked about this before. <laughs> this starting to sound familiar, but yeah, yeah. it's. it's uh, but you know what? It, it might be harsh, but it has a nice flavor and it has a nice taste. Has a nice smell. It's nice. Yeah, a smooth harsh, smooth harshness <laughs> aftertaste, which which burns the nasal cavity. Yeah, and uh, was it Alan? I think it said, "Is that your polite way of telling people it tastes like crap?" <laughs> no, it's just trying to describe what it was. So yeah, it, it's uh, it's pretty cool. We tell these stories so much. I don't know if we've actually said this on air yet. So. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll tell it a couple more times yeah. <laughs> over the next seven episodes. Yes. So yeah, that's that's been added to our tasting um, repertoire. Yes. Oh, is uh, I was just looking up Esquif or Esquif, 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 Esquif. So canoes. they're uh, they're just. 50 kilometers south of Quebec City in uh, Frampton, Quebec. Ooh, Peter. <laughs> yes, Peter's home. <laughs> home of wah, Peter. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so we're going to go and uh, chit-chat with them and see what they have to say. Awesome. And I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. Can you copy, man, next year? Yeah, 2020, I'm, I'm, baby. I definitely have to go. I definitely have yeah. to go. I think you need to take off like February and March. See, that's the tough part to find all the time. Well, at least yeah. it's on weekends. Yeah. So. Well, you know what? And that's a big thing. Dude, road trip. I mean, yeah. you leave work Friday afternoon, you yeah. drive all night, you get there and you see the show for two days and you drive all night and you go back to work. You only live <laughs> once, right? Yeah. Sleep I, when I, I'm dead. I'd have to take the Monday off. <laughs> everybody else did. I think, well, Dwayne d- didn't have to get to work till noon. Yeah. But uh, everybody else had their day off. Yeah. Except me. You bunch of pansies. <laughs> See, when I get to work, I need, still need to do quality work. No, you don't. It's only a nuke plant. <laughs> yes. Homer. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. What's this red button for? <laughs> anyway, 
So that's it for this week. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and everybody that uh, came to the film festival again. Thank you very much for coming out. Haley and Michael, thank you for presenting. Yes, thank you. All our, thank you. All our uh, folks that uh, gave us some door prize on that, thank you very much. Very much appreciated. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And we will be posting some YouTube videos coming up soon. Mm-hmm. We're doing some reviews on stuff. Uh, you can find us on our, our, our uh, episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and any other podcast platforms that you subscribe to, because apparently we're everywhere. And you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com on our episode page, the little episode tab at the top. Uh, This is episode 162, so if you're just starting to listen, you better hurry up and catch up. (laughs) So thank you very much for listening, everybody. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Sprest. We'll see you next time.